0: This is Brian Oaks, and I'm a sales agronomist for CHS Egg Services in Erskine, Minnesota. We are pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network. CHS Egg Services, providing solutions for your success.
1: Good morning. Welcome to Country Morning on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Randy Conan. We'll also hear reports from Whitney Pittman and Don Wick at Commodity Classic and Sierra Doctor as well. Well, the color weather radar this morning a little bit less colorful uh, with that system that brought some light snow, freezing drizzle to parts of the Dakotas and western Minnesota yesterday is now moving into eastern Minnesota and Wisconsin this morning. However, another winter storm system is expected to move into the region again tonight. Got winter storm watches and warnings posted already. Uh, Weather advisories being posted, and that begins tonight around 6 p.m. and runs through early Sunday afternoon. National Weather Service says blizzard conditions are possible, and as much as 9 to 12 inches of snow could be expected in eastern North Dakota, winds are expected to gust as high as 50 miles an hour. Speaking at the Premium Ag Solutions Ag Day, World Weather Incorporated senior ag meteorologist Drew Lerner provided his spring outlook.
0: Definitely going to be a different uh, different situation
1: this year. We've definitely
0: got some moisture out there now that we haven't had. Um, it, it's not gonna It's not gonna stay real wet for a while. We'll break it up a little bit, but it will get wetter again later in the summer. So, got a lot of moisture that's going to be around. Uh, I think for areas north of the border in Canada, it's probably going to be fairly wet. There may be some areas in north. Dakota they get really wet too. I think the further
1: southeast you go into Minnesota and South Dakota a little bit better situation will evolve. However Lerner does expect a favorable growing season for the Midwest. There's going to be a potential for a ridge of high pressure to build up across the central part of the country and as
0: that happens it's going to dry out at least a portion of the Corn Belt and also the part of the Central Plains. Uh, It's debatable right now how far north that's going to go and how significant it will be, but most likely the northern plains in the upper Midwest are probably going to have a fairly good growing season, I would think.
1: Commodity Classic brings together corn, soybean, wheat and sorghum growers nationwide. Farm broadcaster Don Wick is part of the Red River Farm Network team in Orlando He files this report.
2: Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack will address the commodity classic audience this morning. This follows the release of President Biden's 2024 budget, which calls for just over $30 billion in discretionary budget authority for USDA. That's nearly a $4 billion increase from what was enacted last year. The increase includes additional funding for child nutrition and climate programs. In a statement, Vilsack said the budget delivers effective, innovative, science-based public policy leadership. Crop insurance was left unchanged with the exception of a cover crop incentive program that would pay farmers 5 bucks per acre to use cover crops. Outside of the budget and the farm bill, growers here at Commodity Classic are looking for answers about waters of the United States. James Callen of Callan and Associates said this issue of prior concerned wetlands is a concern. That's a big issue for folks in the prairie pothole, prior converted wetlands. How is the agency going
0: to interpret that? And that could have huge implications for us up in the northern tier. And I've been on a call with them where they were asked questions and I didn't think that their answers were as solid as they could have been. So I'm worried about that going forward.
2: Concern is EPA's approach to the Endangered Species Act and the availability of crop protection tools used in agriculture. It's obviously the battle, a pitch
0: battle, is on the legal front. Um, I think legislative would be nice to get a fix, but it would be really, really hard to do. I've been part of groups that have been reaching out to the Congress and doing these FIFRA 101 meetings, FIFRA, the Federal Insecticide, Fungicide, Rodenticide Act, and, and talking about um, how that shouldn't be interpreted, making it so it's not onerous for the production of crop Protection Chemicals and with the Endangered Species Act, having to have to comply with the provisions in there and all the studies that come out from
2: EPA, hoping it's trying to make sure it's farmer friendly. Our coverage of Commodity Classic made possible by Minnesota Soybean Farmers and the Soybean Checkoff. Reporting from Orlando, Florida and Commodity Classic, I'm Don Wick on the Red River Farm Network. The
1: House passed a resolution voicing its disapproval for the Biden administration's Waters of the United States rule. That resolution will now move on to the Senate. North Dakota Congressman Kelly Armstrong highlighted the bipartisan vote calling WOTUS a violation of private property rights. Follow the Red River Farm Network on Facebook and Twitter. Sign up for our weekly FarmNet e-newsletter. You can download this broadcast all at rrfn.com. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Friday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. Policy discussions picking back up tomorrow for the American Soybean Association's annual meeting. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Whitney Pittman has more.
3: Whitney Pittman on the Red River Farm Network. We are at Commodity Classic in Orlando, Florida. Now talking with Josh Gackel, uh, Vice President of the American Soybean Growers Association, and uh, from North Dakota. First of all, what's going on here at Commodity Classic? What's your your job while you're here?
4: Uh, the you know the main commodity organizations are here, of course. Uh, commodity Classic being sponsored by corn growers, soybean growers, uh, sorghum and wheat, AM the equipment manufacturers. So just a great network of uh, industry and farmers getting together and talking, whether it's policy or politics or what's going on on our farm so
3: and looking forward to Saturday a little bit with uh, the annual meeting for soybean growers uh, what are some of the things that are on the docket for that meeting and what are you looking forward to discussing there
4: and all the members and the voting delegates get together to approve a new policy document for the coming year farmers have been spending the past couple months uh, developing that that policy workbook or a book of resolutions um, putting new ideas forward and bringing them through their states and through their regions Um, a number of issues of course this year we're out uh, focused on the farm bill Um, so there's some resolutions in there related to crop insurance and uh, other risk management tools that we're urging congress and the administration to look at as they put the new farm bill together Um, there's a number of resolutions in there related to conservation and sustainability practices on our farms You know we're finding out that our customers around the world are more and more focused on what we as u.s soybean growers are doing to be sustainable and be there for the long term Um, and a number of those things that we do we have been doing those things on our farms for years for generations and usda has recognized that and usda has developed programs and when we apply for whether it's uh equip or csp programs at usda and through nrcs those practices that we do on our farms to make us soybeans uh the preferred product around the world uh, we're also biofuels is probably one of the key issues that we're uh, of course looking at with uh, bio-based diesel um the renewable diesel the ex- uh, expanded crush capacity that we're bringing online uh, in a number of different states throughout the country
3: Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us here today, Josh Gackle, Vice President of the American Soybean Growers Association. Joining us on the Red River Farm Network, reporting from Orlando, I'm Whitney Pittman.
1: The Opportunities for Fairness of Farming Act brought mixed reaction to commodity groups. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Sierra Doctor has that story.
0: Introduced legislation that would reform commodity checkoff programs has commodity groups split. Our USA CEO Bill Bullard says the current checkoff program is out of date and this reform would update it. Well, we have a checkoff program that was passed over 35 years ago. It's not been reformed, it's not been updated. Uh, the conditions in the cattle industry have changed drastically. We've seen a complete reduction and the number of producers, the number of cattle, the number of feedlots, the number of auction yards, the number of packers, uh, the program has not worked in order to you know, restore prosperity for U.S. cattle producers. So the new act that was uh, introduced is going to make significant modernization reforms to the beef checkoff program. It's going to ensure that the, that the program is more efficient and more effective at meeting the needs of today's cattle producers, one part of this legislation would cut out the middleman that handles checkoff dollars. It ensures that the money does not go through a, an intermediary like agricultural organization, like RCAF, or like the NCBA. In other words, the money would flow directly to the universities or research firms or advertising firms that can do the promotion and research and advertising without having to have a middleman in the center of this process that's able to, you know, glean off dollars in order to support other aspects of their lobbying activities. And so that's what we're trying to reform. We're trying to make this program more efficient and more responsive to the needs of cattle producers and allow producers to vote on whether or not the, the program needs even
1: further reforms.
0: Reporting agriculture's business. I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network.
1: The Iowa and Nebraska Attorneys General are suing the EPA for delaying the year-round sales of 15% ethanol blends. Earlier this month, EPA issued a plan to waive restrictions on year-round E15, but the rule doesn't take effect until next year. The Clean Air Act allows the federal government to waive specific fuel blending requirements. The Iowa and Nebraska AGs claim the EPA is violating federal law with the delay. This is the Red River Farm Network. Good morning. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. National Corn Growers Association will hear a resolution pertaining to carbon sequestration later this week at their annual meeting at Commodity Classic. National Corn Growers board member Brian Thalman says he has heard concerns in favor and against the policy.
5: Raises a lot of concerns, referring to comments that I've heard from both sides. I mean, there's the whole property right concern that we all know about, and there's others that think we really need to have this for the ethanol industry. So I think there's going to be a resolution put forth with some amendments to it that'll kind of look at the bigger picture. And I hope that, as an organization, we can have a policy that talks about the value of carbon and carbon sequestration or carbon utilization, whether we're sequestering it, whether we're collecting it and processing it making something else out of it. I think we can all find ways to greatly improve our carbon footprint as ag producers, but maybe not go down one specific avenue.
1: Thalman, who also expects to hear a lot of discussion on Mexico's GMO corn ban during Commodity Classic, adds that if the ban is fully implemented, it may set a precedent for other countries.
5: The whole trade issue with Mexico is a huge concern. The Mexican president continues to push for stopping any imports of GMO corn January 1st, 2024. That's not very far away. So we're engaging as a national organization with the U.S. Department of Ag, with the U.S. Trade Department, and we want to make sure that the policies and rules that are put in place to the U.S.-Mexico-Canadian Trade Agreement are implemented and followed. We hope we can get that happen. The bigger concern is we want to take care of Mexico But if Mexico is able to pull this off, our other country is going to come forward then and and want to start putting further restrictions on too for a product that we know know is is, uh, very safe to use.
1: Checking markets, before we leave you this morning, uh, we're seeing a little bit of a mixed market here, choppy in the corn market, currently trading uh, down three-quarters in the May and unchanged in the December. Uh, Wheat market uh, is a quarter penny higher to a penny and a half lower in the soybean market, right now trading five to seven cents lower. On the farm calendar, the North Dakota Winter Show continues uh, through Sunday, at Valley City. They, uh, tomorrow they'll have the uh, uh, Queen contest and the rodeo beginning at 2 p.m. and 7 p.m. tomorrow afternoon and evening. Sunday is the uh, Cowboy Church and the uh, Bids Call Auctioneer contest. North Dakota State University planter test, sugar beet planter test stand uh, moves to Ada. And uh, the Fisher uh, tomorrow, Ada, Minnesota at Valley United around on Monday and Tuesday. And also on Monday and Tuesday, they'll be near Fisher at the Steve Williams farm shop. Commodity Classic will wrap up uh, this weekend in Orlando. Also, the Minnesota Department of Agriculture looking for input as that agency develops a strategic plan for its uh, next five-year plan, 23 through 27, years 23 to 27. That form is online until 5 o'clock this afternoon coming up on uh, next week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, the Minnesota Grain and Feed Association's annual Convention. that'll be in St. Cloud. Well thanks for joining us this morning. Have a, a great Friday. This is the Red River Farm Network.